What? You know what? You can leave. Just kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> They're delicious. You what? You hate them, huh? Hey, I like cheesy styrofoam, okay? That's right. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to please my palate. <laughs> I'm not picky. I eat anything. Here's a friend of mine. His, uh, his little boy, when he was, I want to say he was about three, he, uh, he would eat cat food, and he'd, they were trying to get him to stop eating cat food. And he'd be like, stop eating cat food. It's yucky. He goes, no, it's yum-yum. No, it's yucky. He's like, he says it's my cooking is yum-yum. What does that say about my cooking? <laughs> yeah. He might eat cheesy styrofoam, too. I ate cat food when I was little. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> oh, John. Two days ago. Who here likes the snow? Raise your hand. You guys are in the wrong state if you don't like it. You hated it before you moved here? Why did you move here? Why did you move here? It's a good reason. Same with me. Yeah. All right. So, I'm going to pray quick to maybe give a little bit of time to those that are still lingering out there. God, we thank you for this day, that is a new day. We thank you for this new year where we, uh, we declare today that it is a year devoted to you. It is for you in our own lives and in our own hearts. God, may we be determined to make it that way and be uh, steadfast and immovable in our faith through this year. No matter what happens, in Jesus' name, amen. We all know a lot can happen in a year, right? If you didn't learn that the last two years, then you weren't watching. We're going to be starting a new series today. Any idea what it's called? We've been posting it this week. Anyone, 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 anyone? What you got, Nevaeh? The picture what? I don't care if you're doing it for that reason. What you got, Jada? Be determined. It's about, it's about determination. It's the, it's the big words that are on it. But yes, that, she read the small print. I'm impressed. Whatever it takes. That's right. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Maybe I have. I don't know. Probably. It takes whatever. No, that's totally different. <laughs> exact opposite meaning. Whatever it takes. Everyone look to your neighbor and say, whatever it takes. Look to your other neighbor and say, be determined. Be determined. I particularly, uh, all right, listen up, listen up. Can't ever tell them to say something because then they don't stop saying things. (laughs) I particularly am very excited about this series. 
And bear with me, I got had a cold last week, and it takes a while for the nastiness to get out of me. So, yeah. I got a frog in my throat, maybe two of them. <laughs> so, um, but this series, I'm really excited about it. And I've been praying about this series and for this series, and I really hope it strengthens you guys in your faith, and I hope it strengthens uh, you guys as you go through this series with us. It's going to be... Um, I believe as of now, it's going to be about a six-part series. So we're going to be here for a little while. But it's worth it. We're going to hear some pretty amazing stories in the Bible. And I'm excited to share some of them with you guys. Um, we'll have other people speak as well. But um, I really hope that you guys get an encounter of an experience with Jesus like you never had before. This particular series is all about determination, like Jada said. It is. It's all about being determined. And we want to be determined in the right way and for the right thing, right? You can be determined for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Hitler was a very determined person <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, right? <laughs> he was a very, very messed up guy. He was, you could say he was determined. You could also say he was foolish, right? <laughs> Crazy. There's a lot of words you could use for the man. Yeah. But how would you guys define determined? What would you guys describe it as? If your teachers were to call on you and say, give me a definition of the word determined, what would you say? What you got, Nevaeh? Say it. I didn't hear him anyways, because I was, never give up. Striving to do what you want. Okay, well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> Pursue without ceasing, without stopping. Anyone else? Highly motivated. Okay. These are all good answers. I looked it up. I went to, you know, the very professional Google. Yeah. I searched on Google, and they use, when you ever look up a definition of a word from Google, it uses Oxford language, which comes from, like, the Oxford English Dictionary. Um, but Oxford Languages defines the word as, for determined as having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. Sounds like a good thing, right? As long as it's for the right thing, right? Being determined can be a very good thing. My daughter is a very, very determined child. <laughs> Many people would call them strong-willed, whatever you want to say, but she is stubborn. But really, honestly... I've learned that each one of my kids is stubborn about their very own particular things. <laughs> They're all determined about their own thing. Bennett is determined to annoy his older sibling. <laughs> Milo is determined to have all the fire trucks in the world. <laughs> Webster's defines the essential meaning of determined as having a strong feeling that you're going to do something and that you will not allow anyone or anything to stop you. And that's a pretty strong definition of it, I feel. The full definition they give for it is having reached a decision, firmly resolved. When a situation is resolved, it means it's over, it's, it's done. You've already decided the fate of it, whether it's a court case is resolved, whatever it might be. Once it's resolved, the decision's made. It's given the final stamp of approval. 
Have you reached the final decision? Have you reached the decision in your life as to what you're going to do with your life? What your life is going to be for? What your life is going to be given to? Because if you haven't, the day's going to come where you have to. We're all going to hit a crossroad that makes us decide what we're going to choose to do with our life. You could describe determination as making up your mind. Now that you know the definition of determined, I think you guys had a pretty good handle on it, pretty good grasp on what it meant. What comes to mind when you think of determination? Runners? People that are in a marathon? Yeah, a marathon runner. Who has ever ran a marathon in this room? Anybody? I've always wanted to. <laughs> I wasn't determined enough, I guess you could say. <laughs> Seth's done a half marathon. I've done a 10-mile run before. I haven't done a full marathon or even a half marathon. But I always wanted to, and then my life changed drastically. And it's hard to run a marathon when you've got a lot of little kids. <laughs> but one day I hope to do it. What else do you guys think of when you think of determination? Is there character you think of? Is there story you think of? Discipline? Caitlin's coming up with all the answers. What you got? Bugs Bunny? He's determined and annoying Elmer Fudd. <laughs> oh, Bugs Bunny. That's funny. I'm a big Looney Tunes fan. I love them. <laughs> I watched them all the time with my dad when I was little. Anything else? I still watch it from time to time. <laughs> Anybody else? Think of Jesus. We'll get to that. <laughs> he was very determined in his decision of what he was going to do, wasn't he? If we go to pop culture, there's references all over the place of determination in movies. I was thinking about it, and I think of Captain America, who here is a Marvel fan. Anybody who watches the Marvel movies? Who here watched the first Captain America movie? Most of you guys, right? He was pretty determined to go into the military, wasn't he? Even though he was a little tiny, scrawny dude, even scrawnier than I am. <laughs> but he was, he was a shrimp, right? The dude was little. I mean, his best friend Bucky was like, what? Why are you going in the... Why? Really? They're not going to take you. <laughs> and he gets in the military, no problem. But then Steve doesn't, right? He was determined. He had his mind made up. He was going to join the military at, at any cost. An opportunity came, right? So he took it. He's like, hey, if it means I can serve my country as a soldier, I'm going to do it. And he does it. And we find out as the storyline progresses past the first movie, even more so, he's very determined. Civil War, he was dead set on his decision. I'm not going to sign this to say that people have to give over their secret identity or whatever, right? He was determined, I'm going to do what I think is right. He's a very steadfast, immovable guy. Who here saw Endgame? Anybody? I won't spoil anything, okay? <laughs> but by this point, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> I kind of don't care. <laughs> but he, he was determined to stop Thanos even, right? He was like, I don't even care. He's like, I'm the only one standing. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Nothing's going to stop me. 
I could do this all day, right? Who's seen Hawkeye? <laughs> I could do this all day, right? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. They do a Broadway rendition of it. It's so funny. But he's the only guy there, right? And he's like, I'll take on this whole army by myself. I don't care if I have to die. I'm going to be determined to do what's right. I am steadfast and I will not back down from what I have decided to do. That's determination. That's being a determined person. I also think of, in light of the holiday season, who's, who's a Home Alone fan? Anybody? Here's an example of being determined for all the wrong reasons. Harry and Marv were very determined to rob that house. I mean, think about it. They went to that house like four or five times before they ever actually broke into the house. They were like wanting it. I mean, he, Harry even says in the movie, ever since I laid eyes on that house, I wanted it. Yes. Don't say anything. Nope. No. No. He was determined, yes. I mean, really, most superheroes, you could argue, are very determined, right? Except, except what? He's not a hero. He's an anti-hero. <laughs> not the same thing. Anyways, in light of Home Alone, back to that. Harry and Marv, they were very determined. Yes, Shay, last time. I believe you. I don't know what movie it is. Hmm? Underdog. But they were very determined, right? Harry and Marv. It, it was the silver tuna, right? Was, ever since I laid eyes on that house, I wanted it. It's the whole reason why we've been working this block, robbing everything. But they were determined people, but for the wrong reason. It can matter what you're determined about. You'll end up either in jail or in history for a hero, right? Or in comic books. Nothing was willing, uh, they weren't willing to let anything stop them from robbing that house in the movie, except for apparently an eight-year-old kid with these guys. <laughs> but determination, whatever it takes, they were willing to do whatever it takes. Steve Rogers was willing to do whatever it takes to do the right thing. Whatever it takes. Are you guys willing to do whatever it takes in your faith to follow Jesus? That's what this series is really all about, being determined in your faith. And if you're not that determined in your faith, getting determined in your faith. There's examples in Scripture for us to lean on and pull from to bolster our faith to be stronger and better. With this series titled Whatever It Takes, I feel we can't start it without first talking about how God was willing to do whatever it takes to have you, to have me, to have us. If it wasn't for God being willing to do whatever it takes, guys, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> he could have just said, you know, forget it. Adam screwed up. I'm just going to wipe them out and do it again. Do it over. He could have done that when it got to Noah. He could have said, forget it. I'll kill Noah too. <laughs> We're all messed up. Because in some ways we really are, right? Without Jesus, we were hopeless. There was no hope for us. But he was willing to do whatever it takes to have us. And that's really the foundational truth 
which is that God had such a strong impression of love for us that he was willing to do whatever it takes to have us. He was motivated by love to do whatever it takes to have you, to have me. You guys know John 3.16, right? God so loved the world and gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life, right? He had such a strong impression of love for us. He was willing to do something for us that he wouldn't allow anyone or anything to stop him. That's what the definition of determination is, right? Like I read. So let me say that again. He had such a strong impression of love he was going to do anything to have us. And he wasn't willing to let anything or anyone stop him from having us. He put it all on the line. He was willing to do anything. You could say he was all in, right? See what I did there? <laughs> Here's something that's really amazing. Did you know that God had determined to do this, to send his son to die for us before you were ever created? Did you guys know that? Doesn't that blow your mind? That God had decided to do it before he even made you to be able to sin against him. And actually, it says in Scripture that he did it before he ever even made the world, before creation of everything, not just humanity. So even before Adam sinned, he had it all planned out what he wanted to do. He had decided what he was going to do. In Ephesians chapter 1, we can see this. If you want to pull it up there, Gregory, I got the scriptures on a sticky note to the right. I don't know if you saw them up there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation for all of this here. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Look to your neighbor and say, You're blessed. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I think we read that in overlook it sometimes. Guys, we have literally every blessing from heaven poured out onto us. That's possible. That's pretty amazing. In the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ, that's how you get the spiritual blessing, being united with him. Without being united to him, you don't have him. Even before he made the world, listen to this, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. To choose us in Christ to be holy and without fault requires Jesus to have to come and die for our sins to make us holy and to be our faults. It says in Scripture that he became sin who knew no sin. And I'll read that verse later on too. But this explains it. God loved us so much he chose us. With Jesus. You couldn't choose us with Jesus if Jesus didn't die for our sins yet. So he had it all planned out before the creation of the world. He had it in his mind. He was so determined. He decided it before he made you. If you wronged him, when you wronged him, really, that he was going to send his son to die for you, regardless of whether you would accept him or not. And the question is whether you're going to receive that gift or not. Because it's up to you whether you're going to say, 
Jesus, I choose you. I, I say yes to you or I, I reject you. Because we all needed it. By the definition of determined, God was willing to do the impossible to have us. And nothing was going to stop him because of his reckless love for us. Paul explains it well in Romans. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Talk about determination. Can you guys think of somebody you would be willing to die for? Maybe. Some of you might. Some of you are like, man, there ain't nobody I would die for. Some of you are, you got some especially good people in your life. You'd be like, yeah, I'd be willing to lay my life down for them. So think about it. Jesus laid his life down for literally every person that ever existed. From Hitler to the little infant baby that dies in the hospital. Think about that. Every single person on this planet, whoever was going to be on this planet, he said, I am determined to make a way for them to have a relationship with me because I want them. He said that about you. He was thinking of you when he went to the cross. I'll read later. It says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And the joy that was set before him was having you, being able to have you, be in relationship with you, and having that relationship restored that was broken by sin. He was so determined to have us that he fought for us when we didn't even want him to. He fought for you when you said, I don't want you. I want nothing to do with you. You have nothing to give me. People were spitting in his face. Yet he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God died for you not when you were at your best, but when you were at your worst. That's when he laid his life down for you. We all know how bad we have been. You guys ever had a really bad day? And you, have you ever had a really bad day and it was all your fault? <laughs> You're like, man, I suck. <laughs> I've been there. There's been days where I'm like, it's not even halfway through the day and I can't screw up anymore. And I find out I can. <sighs> Guys, I've had, I've had rough moments in my life. God died for us when we were our worst. And even though you can be the worst, God gave 
his best to have you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the worst. Look at your other neighbor and say, yeah, now look to your, your other neighbor and say, so am I. <laughs> Guys, we all can be the worst sometimes. <laughs> Jesus died to take our worst and make us the best, right? This sermon isn't, all right, listen up. I want you guys to know, this sermon isn't just some cute message or something about Jesus died for your sins, love him, amen. No, this is foundational truth to have faith. If you lose this truth, if you lose this foundation, you don't have any. You lose your faith. It gets ripped out from under you. Because the truth has to be founded and firm on the rock that Jesus had to die for your sins to save you because you couldn't save yourself. And without him doing that, you were hopeless to do anything. This sermon isn't just some cute message. It's something that every single one of us needs to come to a decision whether we're going to follow Jesus or not. And that's what Jesus died for, is for you to say yes to him. That's what he wants. This foundational truth is all our faith is to be built on. Jesus told Peter this after he said, you're the Christ. He, was de- he determined that Jesus was the Messiah. He said, you're the Christ. You're, you're the Messiah, the Holy One. And so Jesus looked at me and said, that is what I'm going to build my church on, is that foundational truth, that rock of a foundation, is what the faith of everybody else to follow is going to be built on, is that foundational truth that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the one who had to come for us to be set free. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth. And guys, there were some messed up people in Corinth. <laughs> I mean, I, I won't even <laughs> go read it. Read chapter 5. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> it is some pretty awful things. But Paul writes to him, he says, For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I've heard it before that, yeah, that's just, that's just simple stuff. That's baby stuff. I want the meat. I want the strong stuff. Guys, this is the meat. <laughs> Without this, there's no meat. We need this foundation. We need this truth. And you can't lose this truth. You've got to keep it in the forefront of your mind. You've got to keep it there. Paul had a lot to say. You can read it in all his letters. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. <laughs> Paul had a lot to say, and he could say many convincing theological points. Yet while he was with him, he chose to simply preach Christ crucified. He chose to preach the good news of the saving knowledge of Jesus. That's what he stuck with. He said, that's what I, that's what I chose to preach. Because that, that is the gospel. That's what the people need. Without it, there would be nothing worth preaching. <laughs> Guys, there'd be nothing to preach about. 
doing whatever it takes because there's nothing we could do apart from Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, that's all the people before us that were in the faith that are up in heaven, cheering us on, watching over us, and they're excited for the faith that we're living. Surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Amen, right? Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. You guys ever know what that is? You ever experienced that? Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He's the one that starts it. Without Jesus doing something, we couldn't have faith. He initiates and perfects our faith. We don't perfect it. And that should be something that sets you free in your walk. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. You were that joy, guys. Every one of you here. As well as your friends. People you don't like. The joy set before him. He endured the cross, regarding, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We run with endurance the race God has set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's what it says right there. We do this by keeping our eyes on him. That's how we run with endurance the race that's set before us. You want to know when you trip up? When you get your eyes off Jesus. You want to know when you stumble and fall? When you get your eyes off Jesus. When you have weights that hinder you and entangle you, when you get your eyes off Jesus. He died on the cross for us to be able to strip off all the weights that are holding us back. You guys ever run with weights on? It's miserable. It's awful. Have you guys ever gone backpacking? Do you wish you didn't have to have the backpack weigh so much? Right, Brandon? It works you out, but your body hates it, right? You're like, I wish I could just like somehow shrink this into a little package and then just drop some water on it. Boom. Just add water. <laughs> that would be my idea. Just put it in my pocket. Hopefully I don't sweat too much. <laughs> but it, it, would, it would be real nice to not have to carry a big old backpack when we go backpacking. But kind of in the name, right? Called backpacking for a reason. But we run with endurance the race God has set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus and what he did for us. Specifically that. Keep your eyes on Jesus and what he did to set you free. The champion, that's right. The champion who initiates and perfects faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. I love how Paul gives this description of staying focused on Jesus. And then he describes, here's why we stay focused on Jesus. Remember what he did? Remember how the joy that was set before him was you having faith in him and staying the course, enduring suffering for him and not wavering, staying on track, staying in step with him, staying focused is found by remembering what he's done for you. 
so you can do everything for him. The joy awaiting him was you surrendering your life to him so that you could have a rich, full relationship with him. That's why he did it. I want to read a little passage here. Found in this book, Jesus Freaks, Martyrs, super good. I recommend it. But this specific passage, it just gives a really good, I didn't know which gospel to read, so I just decided to read this, which gives an, an account of Jesus' crucifixion, his road to the cross. It's really amazing. First time I read this, I bawled my eyes out like a baby. <laughs> so hopefully I can keep it together here pretty good. But this book is all about martyrs, people who died for Jesus, who gave their faith to the end. They laid their life down on the line to never say no to following Jesus, to always say yes to him. A martyr is someone who is willing to do whatever it takes to share the gospel with people. It's really the definition I give for it. They're willing to do whatever it takes to share Jesus with people, no matter whether they're going to kill him or not. They might say yes to him, or they might reject him and reject them too. But they were willing to do whatever it takes to lay their life down. So it says here, and I want you guys to listen, really seriously listen to this. Why were people willing to do this? Lay their life down. It says here, he knelt praying in the middle of the night in a garden where he and his friends often went. He had told his friends, pray that you don't fall into temptation. His prayer was, Father, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. But if this must happen, I will obey your will. And then he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became as drops of blood falling to the ground. Soon soldiers came to take him. He was betrayed by his best friend into, his, into their hands. The Gospel of John tells us that the guards asked for Jesus of Nazareth. When he answered, I am he, they were knocked to the ground by the power of his confession. Peter, another friend, tried to rescue him by attacking one of the high priest's servants and cutting off his ear. But Jesus rebuked Peter for his action, healed the servant's ear, and submitted himself to the soldiers. He could have easily escaped, but he chose to be obedient to his father's will. He was taken before the high priest, where he was questioned and beaten. Then he was sent before the local governor to be tried. The priest demanded that he be crucified because he had declared he was God. He was questioned again, but the governor could find no guilt in him. Still the others called for his crucifixion. The governor sent him out to be whipped hoping to appease the priests. The rest of the morning, he was whipped and beaten beyond recognition. A robe was placed over his bleeding back and left until the lacerations dried to the cloth, and then it was ripped from his shoulders, reopening all of the wounds. Then they draped it over him to begin the process again. They mocked him as king of the Jews and made a crown of one-inch thorns, forcing it into his head until the blood covers his face. Again, he was brought before the governor. This time, he didn't ask the Pharisees and Sadducees, but he put it to the people, hoping they would show mercy on this innocent man. 
But the crowd called back, Crucify him, crucify him. The governor washed his hands of the matter and turned Jesus of Nazareth over to the Roman guards for execution. Jesus bore the weight of his own cross upon the torn flesh of his back and shoulders as he stumbled up the hill outside of the city. He was then nailed to that cross, raised up for all to see, and left there to die. The book of Matthew tells us he could have called 12 legions of angels to free himself, but he didn't. He knew his sacrifice would pay the price for all mankind to be set free from sin and have the right to stand with God. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, but didn't stay there long. On the third day, he was resurrected from the dead. The keys of hell and death in his hands, he had paved the way for us to be born again, to become children of God, and to live forever with him. Immediately following his death, his friends and disciples were greatly afraid and hid. But after his resurrection, Jesus came and visited them, comforting and encouraging them. After he ascended to heaven on the day of Pentecost, he gave them the Holy Spirit. A new boldness rose up within them. Jerusalem saw them convert 3,000 on the first day. Then they spread to the corners of the earth, shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, no longer afraid. Every one of them except John was executed for proclaiming the name of Jesus. They never denied him again. All right. Jesus is willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to have you. Now the ball's in your court. What are you going to do with that? Have you determined to be all God wants you to be and do all that he wants you to do? The question for you is what now? Jesus did that. What now? What are you going to do with it? Have you given all to him? You would know if you have, right? I don't need to ask you that and pry you. You know whether you've given all to him or not. I don't mean saying something of some cutesy prayer of, yes, Jesus, follow you, and then you walk out these doors and your life isn't any different. That's not repentance. That's not change. I mean, you really mean it with all of your heart. God, I'm all yours. I'm all in, right? My appeal to you is the same that Paul gave to the church of Corinth. In the second letter to them, he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21, so we are Christ's ambassadors. He's talking about himself and all the believers, anyone who's believed in Christ. God is making his appeal through us. He's talking about himself, the other apostles, people that are carrying this faith and have declared the message of Jesus to him, those that he sent to send the letter that he wrote to them. He says, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Some translations say, be reconciled to God. It's really just surrender to him. Give it up. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. 
Have you determined to be all God's when he was determined to be all yours? When he was determined to be given to you? He could have gotten off that cross at any point, but it was you that kept him there. It was thinking of you that kept him on the cross to go through with it. I know Easter's not here yet. (laughs) Guys, this message never changes. It's everlasting. And I love what Tim said. When it comes to Christmas, it would have been nothing without the cross. Jesus coming to die for your sins would be nothing if he didn't die for your sins, (laughs) right? If he didn't actually end up going there. And he did. I think I speak on behalf of all the leaders here to you guys the same way Paul was saying to the Corinthian church, come back to God. And if you've never even come to him, come to him. He wants to have you. And it's worth it. It's not something where you're devoted to a God that you're like, man, this guy's messed up. (laughs) I don't know what he's going to (laughs) do. Sometimes you don't know what he's going to do, but you know it's good. There's other religions, they just, they do whatever their God says. It's really a demon talking to them, and they're cutting themselves. They're mutilating their bodies. They're doing all sorts of things to themselves, to harm themselves. I mean, you see it in the Old Testament. The prophets of Baal were doing it, trying to compete with Elijah. And all Elijah had to do was say, God, do this. And boom, he did it. Because it was his will. But if you've never determined to give your life, don't walk out of these doors without it. You have the chance today to make that thing happen. To be determined means to have reached a decision. Every one of us has to do this when it comes to encountering Jesus. When you encounter the cross, you come to a point of decision. It gets to a point where you have to decide. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, you can decide. You can make a decision. You guys are going to have to reach a decision at some point in your life. And I would argue you already have. I'm giving you one right now. And here's the thing. We've got this name for the youth group called the Refuge, right? Jada, Eden, listen up. We have this name, the refuge. And Jesus can't be your refuge if he isn't your Lord. He can't. You can ask him to be your refuge all you want, but all the while he's saying, make me Lord and I will be. Make me in charge and I will be. Make me king. Make me the savior of your life. You're trying to save yourself. It doesn't work. So that's my that's my message to you. You guys have a decision. He was willing to do whatever it takes. He paid it all. He paid it all for you. Now it's your choice. Right? I want the leaders to come up here. Leaders, come on up. And I want to give you guys a chance for prayer for anything. 
We haven't seen you guys for like, what, like two, three weeks? It's been a while, huh? If there's anything you guys need prayer for, come talk to us leaders. If there's a family member you want us to pray for, if you want us to stand in agreement with anything, we want to pray with you. And if there's some of you here, this message was stirring you, and you're like, man, I need to make a decision. (laughs) Enough is enough. I can't hold this off any longer. Come talk to somebody. I challenge you to say something. Do something about it. Put your faith into action. Thinking of what Jesus was willing to do for you. And I would attest, all these leaders would, it's worth it. Best decision you'll ever make. No better choice you can make. Gregory, if you want to just play a little background music, and then I'll give you guys a moment. You guys come up here, get prayer, and then we'll get into to groups for a little bit. We'll just have a couple short questions for you guys. <laughs>